You gonna give me the speech now? What speech? I should calm down, take a breath before we're at war again. No. There's a guy in my trunk. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we introduce you to a very special Black Tribbles Show Mission joint we like to call The Men in the Trunk. As we review the first five episodes of HBO's Watchmen, this is The Bat Tribble. And as always, I'm joined in this lovely studio tonight by saying stuff that makes sense before I even think of it. I know words and phrases and quotations before I even give it to you and make you elation. It's the man, the myth, the legend, a.k.a. Mr. Thursday Night in the building. Where you at, though? What's up, Mr. Thursday Night? (laughs) (laughs) Let me just mellow this out real quick. It's your girl, AJ47. The triple with many names, adding another one to the pile because I just realized that Regina King and I are close to the same height, so you can call me Mrs. Sister Night, Thursday Night, <laughs> look alike. That's what I'm aspiring to. It's your girl, Arielle, the Amalgam Triple, aka Uncanny Triple, aka Bruce Leroy Triple. Show enough. In the building, here to talk about them watch men. Blam. What up, ladies and gentlemen? It's your mama's favorite nephew, cousin Muscles, that big body Broku, Grandmaster, the Kamea Wave. This is a Super Saiyan trouble up in the building. All right, now I'm doing some producer work, so y'all have fun without me. Bye. We usually do. (laughs) (laughs) That's how it goes down. We are streaming live on Facebook Live. We're streaming live on YouTube.com slash Black Tribbles. We have a very special guest from Tribble Nation in the building. Introduce yourself. The man protected protect the planet. Chosen by Zordon, I am the Ranger Tribble. It's morphin' time. Your boy is here. And I told you, this is the Black Tribble's Michaud Mission joint. Well, I'm one half of the, the Michaud Mission, but the better half is here as well. Get on the mic. Introduce yourself. I'm always so ill-prepared. Y'all have ROMs and calls and responses and choreography. No one told me. Like, I would have prepared something. But you were regular by now, homie. Oh, hey. This is Vince from the Michelle Mission and other things that ROM with mission. Yay. (laughs) Call and response. I say something. Then all of y'all say something at the same time. Time. (laughs) All right. All right. Yeah, he made my mic step back. All right, so yes, ladies and gentlemen, tonight we hope that you are caught up on all five episodes of HBO's Watchmen, produced by Damon Lindelof. It is a sequel directly to the 1985 graphic novel comic book by Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons of the same name, Watchmen. We are going to be examining this show all night 
long. That's all we're doing. We are talking Watchmen. The phone lines are open. We want to hear from you as well. Hit us up, 215-923-9776. That's 215-923-WPPM. We're streaming, like I said, on phillycam.org slash listen. Follow us on all the social medias. Get at us with your questions about the Watchmen because we are going in. And it is now at this point that I will take off my host hat and turn things over to the Amalgam Tribble, the Uncanny Tribble herself, Ariel, as she joins my partner, Vince, in leading us in our conversation of the evening. I'm nervous. Don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. You with me? I am always. Oh, I am pulled on my Unplugged. Head. <laughs> and now I like to start. Let's get it popping. Watchmen Unplugged. Right. All day. I'm back. Yeah, all right. So how are we starting? <laughs> I mean, we could take it like, like. I feel like I got to defer to Vince. No, you, how you got to defer to Vince? Well, I, I think the first thing we should start with is how much do you think people need to have read the graphic novel? To enjoy this, because I feel like that's been an ongoing conversation with the critique of this show. I think they have done... Can you hear me? Yeah, we hear you. Okay, because I can't hear myself. Um, I feel like Kennedy this week. I'm like, can you hear me? Um, I, think they did a, I think they did a good job of making it a self-contained enough story that you do not... You did not have to read the graphic novel to understand what is going on, but you do get a deeper understanding if you have read it. Right. Um, you know, they're like uh, the squid rain, you know, so for people who didn't read the book, that might be like, what? But if you read the book, it's like, oh, okay. Right. I get what's going on. So it's, um, but I think they're doing a really good job of making it that people don't have to read it. But I do think because the show is so good, People are asking about it now. Right, right. Like, what is this Watchmen? Which is which was my follow up question. Are people coming into the shop asking for the graphic novel now because of the show? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I even like older. It was like an older woman, mm-hmm. older black lady was like, "Oh, do you have any Watchmen?" And I was like, "Yes." As I would like you know, let me kind of lead you into this because yes. what you're about to read is not what you're watching in the show. Right. Like, so to understand that this is happening, the show is happening some, I guess, 30 years mm-hmm. or plus after the events of Watchmen. So to know that what you're reading actually comes before and is building that universe. Um, and so, you know, I think especially for the Black Lady contingent, you want to read the book and see Sister Knight and it's like, well, she's not in there. But, <laughs> right. There ain't no night. <laughs> there ain't no night in there. But <laughs> right. But it, but I I read Watchmen um, a few years ago and I just you know really enjoyed it. Um, so I think again I think it is something you can get into, especially when you are looking forward to expanding your understanding of this universe, so that you can kind of delve deeper into the show. I agree, I, I agree, and, and and I think what's interesting to me is something you said that the show's been put together in such a way that it almost leads you back to the graphic novel. It does. Because there's so many layers to it and it's so dense and and there's even the the, the sort of multimedia aspect to it with the PD what is how do you Pedipedia. The the Pedipedia. Yeah. Which is the the annotation the, the annotations and the extra notes and, and all of the stuff on the HBO website that it feels very natural to go backwards to this 
base it, it feels like necessary. Once you see like PDPedia up there, like officially, it almost feels like almost necessary to get additional information. Mm-hmm. Like I know people that were watching entire episodes, like I have no idea what's going on. Right. And like honestly, I felt like that through like one or two. Like okay, cool, I have no idea what's going on. You know what I mean? So I really felt like I had to go and find more information to like fill that out for me. Right, but Mac? Did you read the book? Have you ever read Watch? No, no, no. I didn't do that. He's so judgmental. He's so judgmental. Boo, hiss, reading. <laughs> no, I love reading, but I'm not a comic book guy. So that wouldn't have went well. Okay. okay. But like, you can go to YouTube and get the different breakdowns and uh, different things like that. And, and get your research that way in right. video form, right. in MP4 format. This books has pictures. Get out of here. <laughs> but, um,. But yeah, I almost felt like it was kind of necessary to go and get more information, you know, as I came up with like theories about like who was where, because I knew like Beat wasn't on Earth and stuff like that. Right, but, right. But um, but yeah, it, it definitely helped. Now, now, here's a question because so much of of the book kind of lays out these structural transitions and and he plays with form so much, and it kind of carries over to the television show. Mm-hmm. How much? How much does that hit you without having read it? Like, I understand you, you, you like the layers that are like kind of boiled into it. No, just the visual transitions and and, and the visual markers. Uh, the visuals do hit. Um, I did see the movie now, the movie didn't land with me, and I know it's not a continuation of the movie, right? Um, and I know like where they vary. Uh, but because of that, I do recognize like when they use like the the clown face or the splotch of right, yellow right. and the red splotch in there. So I did recognize uh, all that kind of thing. The owl glasses that she uses, um, I recognize things like that. I didn't recognize that airship was like oh, the owl Ar- ship. Archimedes, yeah. right? Is yeah. that the name of the ship? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, or as uh, he calls him, Archie. 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 Mm-hmm. And and I was actually confused by that because I thought it was his ship, but then it looks like the whole police force just has a fleet of ships right. that look right. like that. So I right. was like, oh. okay. Okay, kind of just kind of catching up from where the book left you and then you're just trying to get up to speed um, yeah. in the show, which I think is also interesting because, again, I like you can just watch it. But for those of us who read it, it's like 30 years have passed. And now you're like, wait, oh, OK, now and they, it's like a progression. Now they've, yeah, right. in, like in, integrated that into like, you know, the, the police force now. And that thing that you're talking about, Vince, like the structure of the comic book and, and, and its transitions, you what you know as a comic book reader you you remember that being like standing out to you but but that's because that was the first time that more or less the language of cinema was brought so right hard into the world of comics now that's second nature in comics but those transitions were were always happening in movies right. so it, when you see it now in the in the in the movie itself and now even on the television series it's not so so new to you actually in order for it to be new the television series has to go that one extra step and give you a layer of comic books in it with their title cards right. as being like parts of the image you know so which i the first time i saw it i was like oh i'm in love with the watchman <laughs> Just the font from the title, huh? Well, no. All right. Like the first episode, the first episode where um, 
I see the young boy carrying carrying the baby after the the Tulsa massacre, you right? Know, uh, or Black Wall Street, and you see him walking towards the camera. And if you look up in the camera, there's like kind of like these blurry images that you're like, oh, I wonder what's that? Like kind of like just like seemingly hanging above him. And then the next scene, the camera flips. And you're behind him as he's walking, and you realize those blurry images are actually the title of the series, just right. right there in in the air. That's bringing the language of comic books into the visual medium. It was beautiful. I agree. I agree. Yeah, but okay. So since you brought up like the kind of opening and talking about um, Black Wall Street, you know, slash the Tulsa massacre. First of all, I was like, th- like. When I, you see what's happening, and it's like, okay, this is crazy. And then you see Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I was like, are they doing Black Wall Street on, right. like, HBO? <laughs> in mean, a superhero in show. In a superhero show. And, and I'm saying, for, as someone who was educated in America, that was never in the curriculum. You right. know what I mean? Like, right. I didn't learn about no. Black Wall Street until I was an adult. Right. Um, and so, again, I think... I learned I'm, about it here. Just right now? Yeah, like, not right this, oh. like, tonight, but... Like, yeah, like uh, my friend was telling me about the show. Like, episode one had come on, and I hadn't seen it yet. And he was, like, telling me about it. And I was like, that's when I heard about Black Wall Street. Yeah, a lot I think, of people. I think a lot know. of people. And I think, it, I mean, it's cool yeah. because I think it's also starting a conversation because that is a piece of history that I don't think most people knew, black, white, whatever. Right. Um, and that and that is, like, a huge, like, stain on America's mm-hmm. history. And, I mean, and, and for me, when I when I think about the, the lasting effects of, Black Wall Street because what we're talking about is the destruction of legacies. So this whole, um, you know, uh, inter- intergenerational wealth and all that. It's like so. So for white people to come in and decide because I don't have, you won't have either, and either, and I'm going to destroy everything that you've built. You didn't just like build burn down somebody's house you burn down somebody's legacy that they were going to pass on to their children and just and just kind of things like that and so it um just kind of slow so clearly demonstrated like just black people always being knocked back down especially in in a world where the narrative is like we're lazy we don't work we don't have because we didn't work it's like no no we worked it's like but we always have to start from zero um because there are systems in place and there are systems in place and then there are people who kind of act out but then the system does not penalize them for for acting out for acting out and so then we get penalized so in in addition to there being this like black wall street and opening with that we are also existing in the world where there were reparations for victims of that and the and the um folks who came out of the line of victims and i thought that was an interesting place for this show to go especially because i i don't feel like the book dealt with race at all not at all and and so for that to be like kind of what the show is building around is really interesting to me i I thought that was and i i I still think it's the most brilliant move that the show has made I, i mean i think the creators have said from the moment we all heard about this show and everyone said this is a terrible idea you know this sort of you're going to follow up this seminal graphic novel and say it's going to be a sequel to it but if you look at alan moore's work especially his his more political work you know miracle man v for vendetta watchmen they're super political but he's a white englishman creating this stuff in the 80s so his his views on race are are at 
best underdeveloped and mm-hmm. at worst non-existent. So for Watchmen, which in the graphic novel takes place in America, for the television show to say, okay, we're going to be just as political as the graphic novel, but we're going to fully embrace it being in America. Yes. Which means you have to embrace the role of race so that it's the spirit of Watchmen, the graphic novel, but then it does something completely different than Alan Moore has ever done. And, and I, 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 you know, from that first scene, it really was like, well, this is the best way they could have gone, mm-hmm. you know, dealing with race, because now this is brand new territory. Yeah. Well, what do, what do you think about the fact that the white supremacists of the show have chose to kind of don the Rorschach mask as their, you know, flag? Uh, because it's like, for me, I mean, Rorschach was an odd man. It's like definitely not somebody I would want to be left alone with. But I feel like his whole thing in the book is like justice, which is why at the end it's like he has to die because you know you know he's not going to keep quiet about this horrific thing that Ozymandias did. So it's like we got to get you off the board because you'll kind of you'll ruin you'll, you'll threaten ruin war every, peace. Right. right. It's like so all you'll of the, all, the everything that happened will have been for, for nothing. nothing. And but so so for someone whose main thing is like justice and what is like morally right, why do you think the white supremacists thought? That this is he we he would stand for what we're doing because it just seems like so left field to me. It's just interesting. I'm like I don't get how that connection was made. I agree with your question, but I want to like go one level deeper. Are they definitely racists? I think so. Oh, I think they're definitely yeah. yeah. have they because I don't remember what there was in their video per se. But like, did they say anything about anybody's race? Didn't didn't they say something about race mixing? Right. No. Well, the whole thing about red ferations, you know, which is is yeah. their derogatory term term for the um reparations for the reparations from the Tulsa massacre. Because like the reason I asked is because like they're not attacking black people; they're attacking police. You know right. what I mean? Like, but and I I only hear Keen refer to them as racist, and I don't trust Keen. So right. therefore, I'm not believing everything that comes out of his mouth. Right. And Keen I, is the, I, I, is the I feel like it's him yeah. that keeps calling them racist. And I don't feel like they've called themselves, you know, a white nationalist organization, quote unquote. Well, they never do. They never do. But I do think you make a really, really, really important point. And, and Lynn, this is something we talked about from the very first episode, where that very first episode where they show Regina King's character, Sister Knight, mm-hmm. grab the guy out of his house, you know, whoop up on him. Throw them around and stuff, and it's a beautiful moment because who doesn't want to watch Regina King beat up a racist hillbilly? Sure. But what we're really watching is a policeman stamping on somebody's civil rights. Like, this man hasn't been charged with anything. This, 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 no, this is an interrogation. Right. I'm to bring you away from right. questioning. But because it in is, the trunk. it is this demographic that those of us who are, you know, pick, pick whatever words you want to say, you know, we're liberal, we're progressive, we're black people. We don't really rock with this crew anyway. So it, in a lot of ways, as the viewer, we other them the way that we've always been othered mm-hmm. so that it it like it really is this muddled narrative where as you said i mean i think they're racist mm-hmm. but at the same time 
what have they like what it what like you said they've attacked they, police. Uh, police officers right they i haven't seen them right and the one cop they killed was black was black but i think that was because he was a cop not because he was black and not for nothing they're telling the truth the squid was a huge conspiracy exactly so i'm like what makes them racist and not just conspiracy theorists right like, where's the line because i thought that too like why rorschach's mask and then i learned about the journal and he wanted to put the truth out and i you know had to remember the end of the movie and all that and so i was like like that how does that align one with the other so i'm then i started asking the question does it really like did we how much did we really hear or was it just coming from keen or whatever so like uh i don't know I think it. I think it doesn't line with them following uh, Rorschach. This is now thirty-five years later. His book got out there, like you said. His journal got out there. So it's um, it's text that's either been because we don't one hundred percent know that it got printed. But if it, but it, but it's either text that's got printed or has been. I think it is, but it's like a conspiracy book, right? Right. So right. it's not like mainstream, right? So now it's almost been um, like like this. Uh, mythology that that people are, are kept uh, locking on and I think it tracks that 35 years later the 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 ramblings and words of this quote unquote hero would give birth to the seventh the seventh cavalry and to the seventh cavalry being racist argument I think we also have to remember that these people are looking at Rorschach through the eyes of this journal that was printed in the New Frontiersman, which the was this was incredibly racist right-wing magazine from the 80s right. that Rorschach said, you know, this is the thing I believe, these are the people I follow, y'all are the only ones that are telling the truth. And when you look at the the, the back material where they have copies of the newspaper, it's like, this newspaper is like this is really racist. So you know it's sort of racist by association. Also, yeah, I think are, that's what it was. There are no black people in the organization. Like if you, well, let's talk Oklahoma. Like how many black people are there outside of Sister Knight and her kid? I mean, well, a, a lot of them in a, Tulsa. Like yeah. I think a bunch of them have come to Tulsa. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like that was like that's the whole a lot thing. of the right. like when you know everybody's moving west, you know, for the the land runs and all that, and you're thinking like, oh, this is a chance for me to to be my own person you know, um, post-slavery or whatever. So I feel like there's enough black people there that if it was really an organization that was about, it, this is a conspiracy, we need to get to the bottom of it, there would be some brown people. And that's something I noticed too. And I do, but I do feel like they said something about race mixing, mm -hmm. the race mixers or something like that, which, um, like like anti-miscegenation laws, it's like, that's racist. Okay. You know? um, so that is racist. That is racist. So I so I think I don't know that whether or not they explicitly said it, and maybe it's be how I, as a black person, as a black woman, how I perceive their behavior. It's like, oh, you know, yeah. you know, I mean, you just you know what it is, even if because most racist people don't think they're racist. You know what I mean? They, right. they don't call themselves racist, but you know what they are. So I feel like they didn't need to say it. At least for me, how I interpret their behavior, it is automatically racist. But that because I'm looking at it through the lens I'm looking. I like complicating it though. Like I like making them more than just the hillbilly racist. Yeah, right. Yeah, because I think that's a really easy way to look at them. Again, especially when they're telling the truth, like they actually know the truth, and they're trying to get to the truth of what happened on eleven two. Right, and you know what? So I didn't think about it 
because we learned that they know the truth in that fifth episode. And so then to kind of come back and say, well, that's why they wear the Rorschach mask, because they're about truth. getting the truth out right. there. And I didn't actually make that connection. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Well, so, so what do you think about the police chief, though, in his secret closet? As far as what him being in the clan, yeah. Well, do you think he was in the clan? Do you think it was oh. his, his granddaddy? His granddad, and he just kept it like, like what? Because you got your badge on the clan robe. It's not like just a clan robe. Like you adorned that thing, right? Yeah. I mean, I can see him and, in the and clan. He kept it spiffy. It wasn't like in a footlocker <laughs> in the attic. It was spiffy. No, it you was. Know what I mean, it, it, it had its own light. Yeah. Little spotlight joint open, right? Like so, like the IKEA joints that you get, you gotta wire them yourself, right. yeah, or the touch light something. But it was like a sensor, right? So yeah, so you don't do, you don't put a light on nothing you don't care about, right? Um, I thought it went along with something that that has been. I mean, back to the Tulsa massacre. Like if we talk about the Tulsa massacre, we talk about the role of the Ku Klux Klan in that massacre. Something that I've been arguing since day one. What is the real difference? I mean, when we talk about this iconography, when we talk about the the image of the superhero, when we talk about all of, you know, the mass vigilante, if you if you will. What is the real difference between Birth of a Nation and the Lone Ranger? Really? Like white guy puts on a mask, takes the law into his own hands and then go. And we, we, you know, those of us in here who are superhero fans, who are comic book fans, we kind of accept this conceit about these characters, mostly white men, again, hiding their identities, going out into the streets and meting out justice on their own terms. You really you, you just described the Ku Klux Klan as well, though. So and I think the show does this great job. Kind of paralleling that like like showing that you know it's it's like bass reeves the um the black lone ranger the black ranger the black sheriff of oklahoma but even in that film where he says i'm gonna lynch him he did but he's like he's a law onto himself and we love it because he's a brother and he's doing it but again but in that in that video didn't yeah, he say he's sheriff, he said, so he's he, acting as the law he's but, a ranger like he's not—is he a sheriff or is he a, because the 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 um the I historical he was, figure he was, yeah, was a, a ranger? Yeah, I think he's I think he's I a ranger. He's a marshal. So a ranger or, or is what has marshal. That means he has the statewide authority, right? He has the statewide authority. But when you look at the Texas Rangers and the history of the Texas Rangers, like they were thugs. Like they were, I remember Walker. That's what I know about Texas right, Rangers. Right, right. I know Walker. <laughs> right, right, right. You know what I mean? I, I know the high kick. I know That's you are not going to. I know Walker and I know Trevette. <laughs> There's those are the only Rangers I know. I'll be real with you. I know right. this Ranger, but those are the only Texas Rangers I know. I do think actually that he was a U.S. Marshal because I think his his um, I think his jurisdiction like crossed state lines. Okay. And yeah. I remember. I, I'm pretty sure. I remember even his badge saying Marshal, but but as far as taking justice. He said there will be no mob justice today. Yes. Right. So, so it was like the crowd saying, well, oh, he stole our horses. Let's lynch him. And he was like, no. Um, but Vince, can I just tell you, you just messed me up on my superhero thing. I'm like, oh, my God. Like that was the, like, the never, correlate right. the Lone yeah, Ranger like, with yeah. right because the Lone Ranger was in the Ku Klux Klan. I never knew that. Well, and yeah, you just I mean, put but, me even, but even just the idea of like. Again. The Lone Ranger wasn't in the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like, we're not going to put that out. But, <laughs> right? Are you sure we right. can be the first? We can break people that. throwing away their silver bullets. But no. white guys in the woods putting on masks 
and there's no checks and balances and no chain of command. And just take, yeah. And they just, yeah. And riding white horses. Right. Like, that story never ends with, and all the black people lived happily ever after. How many stories end like that, though? <laughs> well, none of them with dudes with masks. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but no, just kind of like, but but putting that, like, juxtaposing that to the super, superhero, and it's like, yeah, these, the they're, Guys who don't really have power, they're not given power. They decide, oh, I'm going to do this thing. I wear this mask, and now I'm taking power, like, justice in my own hands. It's like, oh, that is the Ku Klux Klan. Bitch, you messed me up. Hey. Uh, now what am Sorry. I going to do? Now I'm, what am I going to do? Look, 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 it's, it's, it's very difficult being a blurred. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know that like I do. You got to squint. Now I, can't, now I can't look at anything the same. I don't know, but I think that's part of the brilliance of Watchmen because they do a lot of reversals in that way. Mm-hmm. Just like when Lori asked, I think that's the agent's name, yes. what's yeah. the difference between a vigilante and a cop in a mask? Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. there is, what is the difference? Well, I think her shift is, I think her shift is interesting because she's the Silk Spectre. Right. right. She, so she's Sally Jupiter's daughter. Yeah, like, why she keep playing uh, Mirror Guy? <laughs> <laughs> like, why she can't give him a straight answer for nothing he just mirror this mirror that yeah his, his name is the looking glass right i feel like she thinks all of them are playing dress up like yeah. i'm the real deal yeah and all of y'all are really just playing dress up so i don't take any of y'all seriously i think yeah. she takes sister knight seriously i mean i guess i think she takes sister knight i think she takes angela seriously I mean, but the whole sister knight thing i think is like vince she's like you know like you really don't need to do that you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like she, she's she has grown jaded about this whole thing, which is why she's basically is the FBI and it's it's taking down all these vigilantes. Like, no, let's let's do this the right way. Um, so she feels like the police is making an excuse because they want to wear a mask because they own a Minutemen top. Maybe, yeah. But but it's then it's complicated because then you still had a white knight. Well, well, not only that, but then she's complicated because then she's got the the one guy, Petey, who like worships, you know, all this history. He's a history buff, yes. And then she sleeps with him in masks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I guess that was, it looks like a little conflict, well, was, but it means there's layers to it. It looks like a was, conflict. She was missing John. We got that from the scene previous. Yeah, yeah which you saw was, with her she, big blue apparatus. She was missing John, and then she was like, so I could do this, or I could do that. I'm going to do that. Right, you know, Petey over there. I'll put him on the mask. He ain't going to mind. And you you talking about the history of this mask stuff. Like, when Frederick Wortham was writing about the seduction of the innocent and the the 50s. sex tied up in these costumes yep, in the 50s. since the 30s. The fi- right, the 50s. 50s. So, you know, that's, that doesn't, you know, that's not surprising at all, her having... Sexy time with the man in the mask. Well, um, also real quick, just uh, remember as to like before, like in the eighties when they were all around, they said the only way they could wear a mask is if they were government or yes. police officer. Right. So that was a law already passed. They were already trying to pass, and that's what they were trying to fight against. So at this point, I don't see how she was staying mad when that was the law that was already passed. Well, it, it, okay, but it's one thing, it, like. She couldn't stop Sister Knight, Looking Glass, the Red Scare, because they were still working with the police. But she, as an FBI, takes down that Batman wannabe guy, I forget his name, because he was straight working as a vigilante. Right, I understand that. 
So that that's her whole thing. Although again, I like like we said, I think she thinks the whole conceit. True, she does of, think the whole of the policeman in the costumes are, is is ridiculous. Yes, yes, she does. Yes, she does. Like I knew Night Owl, I knew Doctor Manhattan, and you all are not Night Owl and Doctor Manhattan. Well, Y'all are playing dress up. Well, not not Sister Night. <laughs> she like, do this for real. Like I, I. So I think um, I think it was Karama who said it, and I was like, she's right. Uh, Karama, the blur girl, said like like who's the cinematographer because you got a black woman in a black outfit at night and you can see everything. I, yeah. was, I was like, this, that was a beautiful scene. Them poor cows, though. But <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I and and just like she, I mean, I love I love Regina King. And um, I was telling Linda Day, it's like she walked like she hit hard, like she just like, oh, like, like <laughs> I'm, I'm all right, like don't hit, don't touch me, like so I so I just I don't know, I just find her like so believable and just so exciting and like dynamite on the screen that I don't know, I feel like Lori, I I do feel like Lori feels like that about most of them, but I don't know if she she necessarily feels like Sister Knight is playing dress up. I think. I don't know. I think her the respect she has for her is on a different level. Like she, I mean, she stop, you know, stopping her. Like she's doing her job, but I do mm-hmm. think she kind of has a different respect for her than she does like the the others. I don't well, know. She just seems like she bout it. Well, real quick, let me just give um, some shine to the cinematographers on these series is uh, Andres uh, Parakesh and Gregory Middleton and Xavier Grobay. Those well, thank the, you for knowing how to like yes. black people. I know. <laughs> in the dark. Yeah, they in do. In black. Do and in the light. I mean, there's, there's some beautiful black people on this show. Oh, well, Yaya. You know that. Yaya Abdul-Mateen? Yes. Yes. Yes, who plays her husband. Yes. Yeah, he's, he's, he's cool. Yeah, Lori and says he, something about Cal every, every chance she gets. I, I, I know. Like, well, you better keep your eyes to yourself when you get one of these high kicks that we've seen her <laughs> execute. <laughs> Because it's been a while for you, Lori, so I don't know if you got a high kick in you. Well, except with Petey. Oh, oh, you meant the high kick. The high kick. I thought you meant it. Been, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Unless she was high kicking with Petey. I mean, Petey was sound asleep, too, so he looked satisfied, <laughs> right? He looked so comfortable. Also, let me give a real quick shout out. The music that we're playing in the background, which actually is uh, Sister Knight's theme, um, is by and all the music in the series is by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. So I just mm. want to give them a shout out. Oh, okay, music, yeah, Atticus. The music is boss. It's banging. All right, back to y'all. Thanks, Lynn. So I, I guess we should talk about Ozymandias in the... And his crazy... Right, the, the, the colony of clones. So weird. It's, it's strange and uncomfortable. So so how 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 good is your theory... About what's going on with him. So he's not on Earth, correct? Correct. No, correct. Because he wasn't on Earth at the end of Watchmen, correct? No, he was. He was. He was. He was was in the Antarctic. At his little Fortress of Solitude. Okay. Watching it all unfold. Right. Yeah, I don't get... I don't get... I think he's crazy. And then, like, when you go to that planet and it's just bodies, I was like, he is insane. Is he crazy, though? I don't think he's... He's going a little crazy. He might be going a little stir-crazy. Right. I think he just thinks that people are disposable. And and I think that goes back to... Well, they're not people. 
Well, I'm saying, but so, all right, so he goes and picks them at the bottom of the lake. Right, 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 like right. These, like, amphibious infant-type things, and then he puts them in that thing that speeds up their thing. So do you, <coughs> he's not on Earth. So I is, believe he's, is, is that something that is natural, you think, to that environment, or do you think he's growing them at the bottom of a lake? All right, so the thing is, he's not there by choice. That's right. He got duped. So I don't know who fooled him, probably Lady True, or what, how happened, how because she's the person in charge of his companies now, making all his millions, billions, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. So it, and oh. she knows he's old, not he's been missing for seven years. As we so know from the statue. Right. right. So she knows where he is or what's going on with him. He said, uh, I thought this place was a paradise, but it's really a prison. So he got fooled to going there. Um, I'm not your ma- I'm not your maker, but I'm your master, something like that. Uh-huh. So he didn't create those clones in the bottom of the lake. We know she make people for dollars, right? right. Yep. So she make people. So she probably created this whole environment, world, planet, place, this subterfuge. I don't. What did she call her? Vararium. Vararium was that right? Yeah. So yeah. she has a vararium. She make things that exist as other places. So if this is like a little pocket of Vietnam here in Oklahoma, I'm sure she could make. Uh, English Isle on Jupiter's moon. You know what I mean? So that's where he is. He got duped into being there. So when he got out, he was sending a message. Um, We know he's... Right. Yeah, help help me or save save me. me, And there was like a D. I was going to say a D, which... It would have been a lot if he spelled like Dr. Manhattan. Right. Spelled all that. It's a Dr. lot of Manhattan, letters. Right. And it's a lot Dr. of letters. Dr. Manhattan don't care. So right. if he's watching anything, he's just like, uh, you're going to die. You know what I mean? <laughs> like He doesn't care about the plight of men. He's behind right. all that. So who do you think who's D then? I thought it was D for Doctor Manhattan. I mean, it, that could have been his message, but it, it just could have been save me. I don't, I don't, I don't know the people in his camp. It could be anybody. <laughs> Maybe he has a roommate named Dennis. Duh Owl. Duh Owl is also a possibility. Hip hop vernacular. Like, I didn't have enough to spell out the T. Right. Do you know how many bodies you would need to spell out Dr. Manhattan? And well, he, he laid them thick. It was wasn't just off, like single file. He was right. ripping off pieces of bodies. I mean, it was, it was. Right. He had a lot out there. It was a very cool visual. Um, it, it, and uh, I just like the whole layering of his story across these five episodes because they slowly dole out his plight that, you know, you realize like, oh, like, he's stuck here. He and it's been right. one year every time we see him. Right. Yes. Whoa, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's that's why the cakes. That's why you get a have cake every candles. time. So I was like, why are they wishing him like happy anniversary or happy birthday, or whatever, every day? It's been a year every right. time. If you we look saw at the cakes, him. one candle, two, two candles, three, three candles, candles, four. four. So uh, the last top. So when he killed all those bodies, that was like his fourth anniversary. Like he was losing it at that point. He was pissed. But wait a minute. So we're not watching him then in the same time as the exactly. show. Exactly. We, we had to catch up. Ah. So we've only seen him about half the time he's been missing. We've seen him about four years. He's been missing seven. In right, show. right. Uh, see, look, see, these are the layers. These are the layers. These are the layers. These are the layers. They don't even tell you. Did you peep in like the first episode when uh, Angela had old head in the joint? He put his hand in the pot to pour his egg out, and it was still boiling. Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. And that. drunk the coffee just hot. Yes, I did. So I'm peep like, that. old head ain't normal. Yeah, he ain't normal. Lou Luke Gossett Jr. Lou Gossett Jr. sighting. Lou Gossett Jr. Which we we talk a little bit about the the fanboy whining that has occurred from the Watchmen, and and you know in certain sectors, I actually think it's a little overblown. When we talk about it, but 
I cannot wait because I, I honestly think what they're building towards is that Lou Gossett was hooded justice. Yeah, I've heard people say And that. I think when they say that, the the rage of nerds is going to be glorious. <laughs> yeah, because Hooded Justice behold. was not a black guy. No, no. In the graphic novel, all we really know about Hooded Justice is what was in um the first Night Owls Hollis Mason's memoir. Right. Under the hood. And he had theories. But that's all he had was theories. Oh, so he didn't even know who homie was. No one knew who Hooded Justice was. That's right. It, yeah. But, okay, that's right, because it doesn't, it it kind of gets spelled out in the, see, what people don't know, people, readers of the comic, you know, in, in comic book land, there was a series of miniseries that were, um, that were put out years later after Watchmen that were set in that universe. And one of those miniseries was called The Minutemen, which was act more like a prequel right. to Watchmen. And in that one, he he kind of... And it's not, it's not by the same creator. Right, so it's not canon. It's not canon. Because that one kind of spells out that the Hooded Justice is at least a, a white guy, like a white... like. Look, if all that they are acknowledging is the graphic novel, when you look at him in the graphic novel... He's always in the hood. He's always in the hood, and Hollis Mason has his theory about him being the German strongman. Right. Right, from the circus. From the circus, and he says, you know, his big proof is that in 1938, 1939, Hooded Justice basically was um, sympathetic. Mm-hmm. Towards Germany, which in the show, remember oh, they have that the moment flyers. where the Germans drop the flyers. So I think they're setting up that hooded justice is Louis Gossett Jr. and was black, which kind of makes sense that he would have been black, like with with the 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 noose the, imagery the noose and imagery, yeah. All right, but wait, look, correct me if I'm wrong, but. Does this does that not add up in the fact that I thought none of them had powers originally? Like nobody had powers in the right. Pulse, nobody had powers for Doctor Manhattan. Right. So what's up with him being so heat resistant now? He just strong. He just strong. Oh, all right. Just being one hundred and five. He just an old. Like, this ain't hot. He just an old Vietnam hot. He just an old black man. This, this age. He got old black man got strength. This just coffee. Man, that skin is leather now. <laughs> okay. Right. One hundred and five years old. Come on, man. Gotcha. All right. Just wanted. I just wanted to ask. Just wanted to confirm that. But that is a good point, though. Yeah, because going back and watch yeah. stuff again, I'm like, even oh, wait, they gave him powers in the movie. Yeah. That which is I point. also didn't remember because the, the movie didn't land with me. I didn't like that. Well, Thanks. the movie wasn't that good. Regardless, even I, not knowing about it, just uh, going in there blind, I was like, this ain't for me. I didn't mind the movie. These I felt like these. they pretty much tried to keep everything in, except, you know, so they made the change at the end, and there was no Tale of the Black Freighter, which was actually one of my favorite parts of the comic book. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I didn't love the movie, but I didn't mind the movie, because it just seemed like they were just trying to literally bring the book to life. But that's what right. Zack Snyder does. He, yeah. He'll, he'll but make there's a no, pretty picture. There's, there's no, no subtext, subtext at all. There's no subtext to it at all. Yeah. And something, you and you all just said it, talking about that scene on the moon with him, with the clones making it. Like, if you're not uncomfortable reading and watching Watchmen, I feel like you've missed the most important. Like, none of this is supposed to be cool. None of, right. None, none of this is cool. 
And I think that's what the show does so well that the movie didn't. Like the yeah, movie, it was yeah. basically you know some cool superheroes mm-hmm. doing cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Ain't nothing yeah, This like you sh- like you should always feel like you want to wash your hands. Yeah. After this, yeah. I gotta be honest. When he microwaved his new babies, that's how I felt. When they were just uh-huh. like crying and screeching in the background, and he just sitting there trying to. I think he was eating a slice of the cake. Yeah. And he just hear them squealing in the background. I'm like, yo, how long is that gonna go on? Like, I guess it's supposed to be happening because he ain't reacting to it. Right. But yeah, that whole that whole scene was disturbing. Like picking the kids out the lobster trap. What disturbed me was when he was right when he picks them out of the lobster trap and he like just throws one away. Like right, uh, like it's too like, little. Yeah. yeah it's too little. Or it had no arms. I think it was deformed. Yeah, it's, that's what I was like. Oh, dude, I know that's they, where they all came from. I know they incinerated a puppy last episode. Yo, yes, they did. Yo, he said, "Do you want a puppy?" <laughs> no. All right. Did they just incinerate a puppy? And like real calm too, right? But like, cause I keep the captions on on my TV, and this is like flames hissing. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit! <laughs> like, like, no, like that's not a dishwasher. Like, that's not a compactor. Absolutely an incinerator. <laughs> Oh, like, it's crazy. I'm like, yo, that will make people mad. Now, I'm not one of those people because you no. all know my history. But I'm like, wait, people will be upset at that. I, <laughs> meanwhile, I recognize that. Meanwhile, Eric is going on Amazon. Where can I get a dog incinerator? <laughs> <laughs> well, whose dog am I incinerating? I don't keep dogs. For, for, for long. <laughs> at all. You'll have a mobile one. Driving around. So, um, wow. yeah, it's like even that was good. Just incinerating puppies. And and you know Lady True would have done that with that baby if they didn't take it. Right. She yeah. joked about it. Yeah. But she absolutely meant she doesn't want that baby. She don't care about getting that baby at home. That thing would have hit the incinerator as well had they not accepted that for the house. Oh my god. And can we speak about that? Like cause apparently she knows the future. A great and she was scene. just waiting for that to, it was. I love Oh that. my god. That was crazy. And that scene even had like the crazy layers to it. Yes. And why do they sell eggs? This this infertile couple and they selling eggs. Like it's layers. Irony. And then she's reading a book was written by the same author as Tales from the Black Freighter. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's right. So I'm like, yo, I like nobody Exactly. Nobody's gonna know all these things. There There's are so many layers. So many little things. <laughs> and it was the Kent Farm there. or the Clark Farm. They were the Clark. It was the Clark. It was the yeah, Clark. 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 That's right. Because it was, a, and then it was Superman lands in a backyard. It's the twist. Yep, like, that's right. This much. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Like, yo, like. Drop like dog. <laughs> I love the music cues. So as much as Laurie is obviously talking about Doctor Manhattan, and she has a Doctor Manhattan toy, she is has that what these, we're calling it. I mean, I think it that's is a, a toy. It is a toy. It's a personal find. It, it, it's it's yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a toy. A toy. It's, it's a, a big toy. Okay, it's a toy. All right. It's when you feel like playing. <laughs> that's so it's a toy. Just real quick, uh, Night Owl actually gave her that. that yeah, that's in the PDA. Yeah. yeah. Like kind of as a, like a screw you for her, Doctor Manhattan. Literally. Yeah, but she's really enjoying this. So is it really a screw you? Yeah, exactly. Because well, like it's kind of backfired. You're <laughs> like, all right, thanks, because you're in jail. True. Good. So. The music cues in in one of the first episodes when she, I think, I think during the scene where she pulls it out and we don't see it at first, and she tells her Alexa to play Devo. Mm. And that first scene in the comic where she and Night Owl are sort of figuring it out, he's wearing those goggles and he says, do I look Devo? And they talk about Devo. And then the episode before last when she, Petey, and Angela were in the car and Petey was telling her, the, her, his life, her life story about being Silk Spectra, 
they're playing the Billie Holiday song, uh, You're My Thrill. That's the same song that's playing the first time Night Owl and Silk Spectre go out and save the people in the burning building. Yes. So there are all these little things that, you know, like you said, you got to you gotta watch it and you, the layers. If you had no and, idea, you will have no idea. Yeah. We haven't heard from Nate. Sorry, I'm just... One of the well, feeling. My included. only experience with Watchmen is the movie. Like that didn't tag me. Like I'm a big superhero guy, so I was just like, oh, Watchmen. I, I guess I should get into this. The movie. I fell asleep during that. Just, just didn't, just didn't get me. But I, after hearing you guys talk about the show, I really want to watch the show now. You should be watching should. the show. Wait a minute, are you in yeah, here and yeah. haven't watched the show? He's, a, he's. A, I mean, plus we haven't spoiled it. We've really been like introspective oh. more than anything. Uh, I feel like we spoiled a lot. I don't think we. No, it's I mean, it's, I, I, deep, I, I, it's enough because, layers that I don't think there's really spoiling. You have to watch it. Yeah, because because even I mean, I'm like I, I gotta know, like, rewatch it. The visual yeah. presentation of it, you guys haven't spoiled it for me. I just like know the context, but not the entire context. Also, not knowing like the graphic novel, so you guys haven't spoiled anything for me. I really like that they stuck to the squid. In the television show, and not yeah. only did they stick to the original squid horror, but it really was hard. Like I thought it was so well done. Oh, how, how they horrifying it! Yes, yeah, this could be so that you can see how these people have had PTSD for thirty years from this. I think they like just spelled it out though with this last episode, uh, mm-hmm. a little fear of lightning or whatever. Um, just seeing, like, Looking Glass, how much it's affected him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because I did not expect it to be, like, that deep. You yeah, know what I mean? Even the fact that his mask is specific to reflect, reflect any, like, psychic, psychic glass. glass. And, I, yeah. and I just, I thought it was just like, oh, he's just cool. And then it's like, right, oh, it's no, just a mirror he, thing. like, everything about his life is, like, this Revolves thing. And then even that. his, like, his baseball cap that it's lined. Like, I was, like, I was like, holy yes. crap, this is, like, deep. Yeah. Right. It's not he didn't get over it. like Ever. Yeah. Like, he's truly traumatized. But how do you get over that? Yeah, could you imagine? Like, you know. You, you know what? I can tell you how you get over that. Oh. By going to a support group where you're not the leader. Go there <laughs> with somebody better adjusted and somebody actually over it or right. not affected by it personally. Like, that's, that's how you help. I, I think what's also really interesting is, is the graphic novel came out in 1985. Obviously, a decade before 9-11. Where now we all have this shared experience of something, and and you know they refer to it as eleven two, mm-hmm. which is a, which of course is, is an that, allusion to nine eleven. But you think about how nine eleven would have affected us if it was three million people and a squid monster, and all the images that like you like I thought they well especially being ground zero right right yeah. across the water yeah. 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 Like and then like just for him like he even kept a job where he sits behind a mirror so he's like always like at least double protected yeah. or behind yeah, something else so it's not just about him hiding behind a mirror you know and but he like is b- to protect himself he's always behind a mirror he always has a hat on or the mask or behind a mirror at work and like it's just constant but I felt like uh, him, his conversation with his wife was. She left him because of his issues with women, not necessarily because of the obsession. I don't. I don't think the obsession helped. Probably not. 
but she said I spent seven years trying to convince you I wasn't going to run a run away right, 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 with right, your right. clothes, right. not convince you we were never going to get attacked again. Right. So it even seemed like that wasn't too much for her. But at the end of the day, even mm-hmm. when he was in the bar with the girls, like I have no friends, right. like because he hasn't, he doesn't do anything like go out and you know chill and relate and relax with people. He had a really bad night. And I, and he never stopped living. It. Yeah, that Sometimes was. Sometimes it only he's still takes one in. really bad night. You know what I mean? The only, the only thing that I like, and this is definitely, definitely a nitpick and definitely a technical thing about the last episode. I liked how they spelled out his story. I liked that. What I didn't like was that as the episode was going along and you found out little truisms about his situation, they kept showing like. A flashback to like you know yeah quick, to his youth or something. Well, a, a flashback to back to something like they they showed later like they showed the hat again with right, the, right with the lining right and 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 it was like that was like to me like you didn't need that like you don't need to flash back to something that you just showed me ten minutes ago exactly yeah exactly. I disagree I felt like I did not need it but I do feel like it would have been needed for some people. Like the when uh when she when his ex wife said the part about I'm not going to leave you standing there with your clothes <clears throat> naked, I bet money a good portion I would say maybe 25 percent of the audience did not know that was a young Wade we saw in the beginning or they know him as Looking Glass and didn't remember his real name or realize that was him as a kid. So like I bet okay. there are people mm. that didn't connect those two dots then. That's now the a- tinfoil hat and stuff I don't you know know if we needed all those but. Again, like some people need those clues. Like when my friend was telling me about the first episode, he didn't know Sister Knight was a cop. He thought she was a vigilante. And by how they portrayed her with his secret hideout in the bakery and everything, (laughs) I don't blame him. But when I saw the badge, I'm like, no, she's definitely a cop. So like even then he didn't catch that that quick. Okay. You know what I mean? I feel you. I feel so you. some people I feel like they do need that, that little bit of extra or they wouldn't have gotten it. I got you. That's that's fair. That's fair. But I didn't know they were going to show that thing. And that John did look gruesome. And then, like, he got this squid insurance. And if that's a true company, I'm going to be so pissed. Because something tells me she knows the truth. Like, she's oh. behind. Oh, so, like, if that's so her The squid company. insurance is a, right. is a uh, true company. Yeah. Lady I true. mean, you get the sense that the conspiracy is ongoing. I mean... They're raining, raining they're raining squid, squid periodically. Oh, yeah. Like, somebody is doing that. Yeah. yeah. So, like, who's still behind that? And is she definitely on in league with the? She's definitely in league with uh, the Senator. Seventh Cavalry. So, like, did they say what it is they're trying to do with this the teleport thing? They didn't say. He they just said. said he just, just said we're going to do new. something new, right? So uh, they're definitely in the same league. So then, because I was because that was answered for me the last episode too, because I didn't know if uh, Grandpa and her was planning the same thing that the Cavalry was trying to accomplish, or if they because he was saying TikTok, TikTok. So, right. Right. So I didn't know if that was combined or. And also, was Judd a member of the Seventh Cavalry or was he just a cop? I don't think I don't think he was. No, I thought Judd was just in the clan. Yeah, he, he Judd, Judd, with Judd being the, yeah, the police the, chief. Well, he was part of Seventh Cavalry because remember, King said it was like. Oh, he Judd. had his part. Yeah, that's right. He had his part. Right. That's right. That's right. Well, yeah. that's, that's right. what I thought he said the first time. When I watched it, because I was trying to watch it again before I left, so a little bit late. Uh, when I was watching it tonight, he said uh, Judd did the same thing for his respective team. Right. So I right. didn't know if he was just keeping the cops in line and I was doing this, or were they still working together in that? I, I thought, took it as he was the, keeping the cops in line. Right. Like kind of right. keep guiding them where he, they... In the clan. 
which I, I would assume there's a lot of overlap. So is there still like cops and clan and Seventh Cavalry? Yes. Or is it, has the Seventh Cavalry replaced the clan? I think I, I got the sense that they're st- they're still separate. They're okay. still distinct groups. Yeah. Although that's a good question. But you never think about it. Judd never wore a mask. All the other no. cops wore, right. wore a mask. Right. And Judd always went out without a mask. He never. He was never afraid. So it kind of, well, but he I did d- cover his face when the guy came out the pod with looking glass. He he held he uh, and like bowed his head a little bit. Well, I I thought part of that had to do with because you think so so everybody that was attacked on White Night like quit the force right so like, or died or died but like so except sister, for so we know of two survivors right so but which so, is suspect yeah but well, we I know mean, how he survived but I mean but we that's what we know of so that's not to say somebody else didn't survive but the but the thing is Sister Knight's covers that she is no longer a cop right she's running this bakery but we know that she is he is the captain. So it's like, I don't think he needs to cover his face because he survived White Knight. They already know who he is. And he is out in the forefront. And still, Captain now. And now he's the captain now. He's the face of police. He's the face of the police where everybody, everybody else is, behind is the pretending mask. like, oh, no, that's, I don't do yeah, that anymore that when sense. they really right. are. So I, th- I thought it made sense that he wouldn't cover his face. But I, I got to go back to this. The Little hooded, Ranger? No, the Hooded Justice. That's why I was like flipping through the book. I was like, I need to see his costume because it's been so long. But like he wore gloves and everything. Yes. Oh, he's completely covered. Now, there is a scene like when in the book where he walks in when the comedian is raping Sally. Yes. Mm, Yes. And there is a close up of his eyes and it is like white. Um, but but for the most part, even when they, they show him, his eyes look more red. You can't really see a skin tone. So I feel like that was like a close-up and they made a choice. But everything else in the book, it's really not clear. Ambiguous. You never see him. But, but okay, he, saying that Louis, got, Louis Gossip Jr., right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, Gossip. Um, the fact that he hung him. And then I'm thinking like, oh, with the noose. and the, that. So I'm just like... You just blew my mind. I've been thinking about that since you said it. Now mm-hmm. I got to go back. All right. Well, you're, since- you're listening to WPPMLP Philadelphia, the very special edition of Black Tribbles, Michelle Mission Joint, The Men in the Trunk, as we are going deep into HBO's Watchmen, episode one through five, ladies and gentlemen. That's what we're talking about all night long. Ariel Johnson, the uncanny Tribble, my Michelle Mission partner, Vince, who is a.k.a. Jack Tribble, and the Master Tribble are in the building leading us all in this great conversation about the Watchmen. Just to let you know, we're going through episodes one through five. We will be returning at the end of this series to wrap it all up. If you have questions, you have commentary, hit us up. We're streaming on Facebook Live so you can... um, Leave a comment in the chat there. We're also streaming on YouTube.com slash Black Tribbles. And the phone lines are open. 215-923-9776. That's 215-923-WPPM. Let us hear your thoughts on The Watchmen. Go. All right. So since we're back on Hooded Justice, when Looking Glass was in the house doing his Rorschach impression, eating the beans... (laughs) Was he watching uh, the the American Hero story? Or that's, was that like that's parody what I porn? Was. Yes, that no, he no, was that watching. Was American Hero. That was the American, yeah, Hero, American story. Hero story. Because usually they do the whole build up going into it, and this time it was just on, and I was like, whoa, I don't know I that part was, of the story. I thought it was right. porn too, and then I was like, oh no, he's watching the show. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. just wanted to make sure because the, the costume looked the same, but I wasn't one hundred percent. And and for so and for those who don't know, haven't read the book. One of the 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 
things of the book that it doesn't really spell out is that there was this uh, sexual relationship between Hooded Justice and the Captain Metropolis uh, hero in the comic book. Was that in Watchmen? It's hinted at. It's hit, it's just, I know people it's, have it's kind ex- of pulled it out. Of, it's yeah. explicit in minute in the Minuteman prequel. Right. It's, it's it's alluded to. Right. Because at one point Hollis at one point um oh what was the, the comedian jokes at him about it. And what was the lesbian that got kicked out of oh, um the uh, Minutemen? She, she wore the all black, right? Yeah. yeah um, um, is it the silhouette? Yes, the silhouette. Yeah, yeah. The, silhouette. the silhouette gets thrown out and Hollis Mason says that she was thrown out because she was a lesbian, but she clearly was not the only gay minute man. Exactly. Right. And, and then right. and, and people like and and a couple of the minute men like give him a cross face at that. Like like, dude, like really? Right. Like, you know, you should be ashamed of yourself. Right. Okay. No, 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 no. I'm processing. <laughs> <laughs> So when PD was talking about the gross inaccuracies of the show, was he talking about American Hero Story or is yes. something else a prequel to that? He was talking about the American Heroes, but the gross inaccuracies that he was talking about was all the stuff that's in Watchmen, like or rather in the back material, in the back matter, which is what made me think, oh, right. Everything we know about the Minutemen from Watchmen comes from Hollis Mason. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't, you know, a quote unquote camera showing us. Right. It was Hollis Mason's memories, which, you know, he's an unreliable narrator just by definition because it's his memories. Right. And and Hollis Mason's, for the, those who don't know, was <clears throat> the original Night Owl. Right. From like the the golden age of hero. And when he retired, he wrote a memoir called Under the Hood. Right. Another deep cut. There, there's actually a. Um, Rob Liefeld, Rob Liefeld, Rob Liefeld's superhero universe, awesome. Mm-hmm. Years ago, Alan Moore came in and rewrote all of the history, and one of the plot points in the the, the rewriting of the history is that there is a mass superhero from head to toe, and one of the twists is he's black. So even that, if if this is a show that I, I think it is fair. Is 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 reverential to Alan Moore and everything he does. I almost see the hooded justice as an allusion to that. If it turns out to be that it's Louis Gossett Jr. And what and what was that again? That was Lynn. Do you remember the name of this uh, off the top of your head? It was it was the awesome. I don't. Let me look at uh, look right. It up. I remember what you're talking about. Um, it was I, it's it's Rob Liefeld's universe, the one with Supreme and Glory. Yeah, and I always oh, rocked okay. on Supreme. I like right Supreme. But Alan Moore came in and basically wrote a history for the universe. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'll look it up. Y'all can yeah. continue talking. I'll find it. Uh, we 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 haven't mentioned the the the, the great character find of 2019, which would of course be Lube Man. <laughs> talking about something yeah so that was weird how was that going to come back because that was like real random and like I don't know like why was it, it's just a guy on the and it's not just a guy on the street but like I don't know I felt like she felt too threatened by him I, I are we assuming that that's Petey yes some people are yeah that's I, a theory I, I don't know like because yeah. what ha- all right 
would I and think similar body. Types. They have similar body. They do have oh, similar shit. body types, but no, I don't think that's Petey. Why would Petey be moonlighting as Loop Man in Tulsa, <laughs> Oklahoma? You know what I mean? Well, because we actually seen him, so it is the first time we've seen Loop Man, right? So we don't know if he's if he was always here or if he's just making a guest appearance. Right, right. And, and I think, and I think, it's clear that Petey has an obsession with. The heroes, because when they're on the plane and he he has the mask and he was like, well, where we're going, the, the cops wear a mask. And she's like, you're FBI. Like, put that away. Right. So the idea that he might be, like, letting loose because he's like, oh, I'm in this place where they, they're still doing this. Right. This is my chance. Lube up. I don't know. <laughs> That's, it. That's like his battle cry. <laughs> Lube up. Lube up. Time to go. I just do surveillance. <laughs> like, I just watch them and I run. <laughs> and I slide in the sewer. And I slide. <laughs> but that can't be smart. Like, you have to be local. Like, I don't think, you know, like, sewer grates across the city, right. across the country right. to be like, I'm going to slide in any grate anywhere. And I know the system I know of wherever the I am. And I know where I'm going to go where, once where, I get down there. Because otherwise, you got to wait till she leaves to just come up the nearest manhole. <laughs> and then all your magic is gone. <laughs> you would just wait for her to leave. And it came out the closest joint. That's not magic. Because like, it does so... seem like that's the second step. Okay, first step, you've gone down the sewer. Now I just get back. Now up. you need a second step <laughs> because you're in the sewer, right? Loop covered up. with loop, right? Loop and no more up. loop. Right. You had to ditch your belt to get right. in the sewer. Right. So you're a one trick pony. Right. You're in the sewer. Loop, how do you reset? Looped up. Looped up. How you reset? And you don't know where you are <laughs> in a new city. Right. So right. I think you're at least familiar with your surroundings if you jump into the sewers. Lubed up, so and you think he's local. And I'm thinking, but I'm even thinking, like, man, is the lube water soluble? Because how are you climbing up if you all lubed up? You got a grip, right? You got a, you got a grip, body, not really his hands. Is, is, is right. I don't know. There so are a lot really... of logistical issues that I <laughs> feel like you have to address. You can always ditch a suit and just climb up. So yeah, now, he's yeah, naked yeah, he's naked. now he's or naked in the sewer. It, half of it's like, you know. Like, no, because you're not climbing with your body. So you, you lube up your front and back so you can slide down. You don't need lube on your hands and your limbs, really. But what if you accidentally pat? Like, I mean, I don't know. Logistically, what if you like, oops. Because you, cause you're going into, you're going from running, lube, lube. So you're really not touching yourself. You know what I mean? So you just run. Bow and you slide, so your hands really don't touch yourself. And what was his training regimen exactly? Like, did, does I, he I have don't a, know. A like, where he has, it, where he set up, he got a slip and sewer, slide. Got in sewers and yeah, and like different and rings of different various heights, right? Right, different thicknesses, and so he can just practice that. I'm not comfortable with this conversation on FCC <laughs> radio. Right, That's because you're not lubed up. <laughs> lube up. Lube up. <laughs> yeah, lube up. For this one. Oh, God. That's going to be a shirt. I see it. <laughs> I don't know how it's not already. The real question is, why did his suit not tear when he was all lubed up? What kind of suit was that material made of? What's the material made of on that suit? The real thing is, where did he come from and why was he on that bridge? Because he did not right. follow it's her there. She know. just came from her secret bakery hideout. So nobody knows, you know what I mean, what come in and out of there. Nobody's paying attention to this black Camaro or whatever it is when it come out the back of the bakery. So it was just a dude standing on the bridge that seen somebody throw something off the bridge. Maybe he know that person a cop. Maybe he don't. Maybe he think it's a crazy nun. I don't know what he think. <laughs> we just seen him we see don't know somebody throw a bag off a bridge and then she started chasing him so he ran i would probably run too i was standing here watching you man i didn't know what i was watching but, but you then you chased me, in me. A lube suit though that you didn't know that until i lubed it it was just a suit until i lubed it, it 
That is true. It but, wasn't lubed but initially. It was, wasn't it a shiny spandex suit? That's questionable. Maybe I was and on my way like, to a workout. And she like maybe I'm a space man. Protect me from G forces. Like, I don't. There's a lot you, we don't you're know. You're not a cop. I don't see a badge. It's like so when I see a suit that don't have a badge, I pursue. You know what I mean? Okay. I mean, I'm not saying she wasn't within her right because she was just hiding, destroying evidence. So yes, yeah, you're gonna be a little touchy. But yeah, Lube Man was just standing there looking. He ain't do nothing wrong. You know what she's not gonna touch? Lube, Lube Man. Man. <laughs> <laughs> he going. Okay, I don't know. That has on. to come back. Can we move on to other aspects <laughs> of Watchmen, please? I don't know. Do you think he will come back to play? Or no? I, I, I think you don't introduce Lube Man without Oh and, and he's gonna slide back into our lives. Back. <laughs> Is he like a new detective, a new intern? Right. He's like, yeah, I'm from uh, Boise PD. I, I don't know another city in Oklahoma. So. Me either. <laughs> and, and I think Boise, Boise might be is in not Idaho. Idaho. <laughs> it's not Oklahoma. Oh, it's, it's like the next state over. Whatever. Kentucky? I don't know. <laughs> uh, We're sorry, Midwest. D- uh, Dakotas? I'm from, I'm from South Tulsa. I, is Dakota involved? Right. Wyoming? So, I don't know. Is Doc Manhattan coming back? Have we brought up the theory about who we think is Doc Manhattan? No. No. Oh, so you think he's a person? You think he's he's already. There's a theory that there is already somebody that has been introduced already in the show is actually Doc Manhattan. Is it one of the kids? Nope. No. It's not the senator. No. No. Is it Lube Man? It's it's Angela's husband. Cal. Cal. Oh, I guess because he was so nonchalant with his, you know, heaven doesn't exist. Is that and people was like, oh, my God, you're not human. You must be above people. What Wait, is that? is that a Tumblr? Like a Tumblr type? No, this is a- I didn't. This is I don't go to Tumblr, uh, but I heard that theory. Yeah. Am so I YouTubing? Go ahead, go ahead, Dante. So basically they're saying like he kind of like Dr. Man- Dr. Manhattan didn't want to lose like his humanity. So basically he kind of like split him, like maybe like kind of split himself into what he still is on Mars, and then that's okay. his humanity there on Earth. Okay. Because there's oh, one part. Oh, my God. Be- and then I'm just thinking, because she keeps coming she back keeps, to him. And Lori oh. keeps lusting after like, him. Because mm, your husband. Mm. It's like, don't get popped. But-, but but I think that's what more caused it than anything. Well, there's the also theory. the accident okay. that they talk about that we don't know about with him. Yes. Yeah, Cal so, had an accident yeah. that no, but that hasn't been divulged exactly what was the what is this accident of what we speak. Right. And you've never every time Lori has gone to Cal, we, it's always been off camera. Yeah. Wait, what do you mean? Because oh. she, oh, she, we've met, never seen right. Yeah. We've never seen their conversation. But, but we know because she's basically told Sister Knight like, yeah, and she I talked to talk your to husband. Me. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's not a bad theory. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, but we and also we saw know her that he was Doctor Manhattan too, though. When no, she told, we, told we saw we we saw her on a phone that is rigged to call to where he is, right Mars, on yes. Mars. Right, but you don't know whether or not he was on the other end. You presume because of the oh, whole of car not. dropping box. thing, um, but but you don't. No, know. that didn't come from Doctor Manhattan. No, 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 no. But a lot of people thought at the end of that episode. Oh, because they, they saw a little flash up there too, right? But that's also part of the storytelling. You know, that's how they be dropping no, them exactly. seeds to but, make you think that. So, but so you don't know that she actually has Doctor Manhattan has received that, and if he did, 
Dr. Manhattan could easily be Cal and still getting a call up there. Well, again, I mean, we the only the, oh, right, the only text that actually matters is the graphic novel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he does that and, in the graphic and novel. And he makes yep. multiple copies of himself to please uh, Lori yeah. while right. he's still working in his lab. Yeah. So we know he can do it. Mm-hmm. Right. But then they said he can't make himself look human or right. look normal. But who said that? Because yeah. if I remember, Cal is the one that I think this is what they know of him. But Cal, as far as I remember, I know if someone else said it in the show, I don't remember. But I, I know Cal. I said no. I know Cal said that. I'm pretty sure uh, Angela said it to uh, Pop Pop when he said, "I could be Doctor Manhattan." <laughs> like Doctor Manhattan knows on Mars, or he yeah. don't look like people, or something like that. Okay, but if it's Angela, she could have gotten it from Cal. Right, who could be saying it to throw the scent off. Right. This is a nice theory. I like this theory. Uh, okay. What do we think, I think about? It's weird, but I mean, I, I can't say it ain't possible. What do we think about Lady True perhaps being the comedian's daughter? Oh, I like. I I totally believe that. So Lori from Vietnam, right? From oh, Vietnam. Shit. Yes, wow. yes. But wait, no, because then he. I thought he killed the wife. Well, he killed the wife, but the the thing that I've been seeing is that remember after he shoots her, he says to Doctor Manhattan, "And you watched me do it." Right. Like you didn't you didn't you save her, you didn't right. But and the last thing you see is Dr. Manhattan kinda like looking at her body. As if maybe he's going to save her. Or save the baby. Or, or save, save the, the baby. baby. Oh my god. <laughs> Man, I, I, I gotta think about this. I gotta get a notebook. But this is also the theory of her daughter being like her supposed to be like her grandmother or her mother. Right, her clan. Yeah, or her yeah, like that's definitely not a natural daughter. Oh yeah, I believe that too. Yeah, that not at all. And Remind, Babies correct me if I'm wrong. Doesn't Lady True say at some point in the last episode, "Oh, I think you'll remember my country, and yeah, you'll remember it forever." Yeah, it was something. No, to, to who? It was something to, to her daughter because she woke up from a nightmare. Oh yeah, and 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 the she recreated Vietnam, right? Right, and she okay. says that you'll remember. But and that's okay. what the woman says to the comedian in the graphic novel right before she cuts him. That's true. That is true. Oh, I think you'll remember my you'll remember my country because the comedian says I'm going to leave this country. I'm going to forget about it. And she says, oh, I think you'll always remember this country. And then that's when she cuts them. Turn to the scene. We got the book right here. Let's sit. Let's pull up the scene in the, in the book, Vince, so we can get it on camera, because I'm sure there's tons of people that are listening or watching who are not familiar with this scene. Or even if they have, they have read the book, have forgotten it. The book is over 30 something years old. Dante Dante is is helping Vince because this is actually Dante's copy of Watchmen that he brought in, which is why Dante, our intern triple, is sitting in on the show. He's a huge Watchmen fan. He's watched all of the episodes. Oh, that's why you let him get up from behind the computer. That's what I said. I looked up. I said, "What you doing at the table?" Right. <laughs> yeah, why are you at the I big table? No turkey. I can't have no turkey and mashed potatoes either. Like, yo, I can sit. Well, I can sit at the grown folk table once in a while. Just while once. Vince looks, can I ask, like, what do you think is the deal with? Angela, Angela's kids. Like, whose kids are those? So those are her partner's kids. Her partner died during the White Knight. Yes. So she adopted those three. And okay. one is hers. Yes. And it Wait, was which her... one is hers? Uh, I think one of them, the one that was brown. No, no, I thought all three of them were her partner's kids. All three of them are the partner's kids. Oh, yeah, they, y'all those kids are I, white. Yeah, because I was like, I don't think any of them are brown. And, oh, I and, thought at least it, one and of it was, was the partner's, I think, father that came right and she paid this. off oh, yeah bobby i call still call him bobby from supernatural i said bobby working 
Last time but I yeah. saw Bobby, he was a ghost. Yeah, so he's related to the actual, to her partner or whatever. Because I think her and the Captain Judd were talking about the White Knight. Okay. And, you know, however that happened. Now, I will say, when I first saw the kids, and I guess I just, maybe I just wasn't really paying attention because when I watched the first episode, I was actually was working and doing something else. Just looking up real quick, and with her saying that she was born in Vietnam, I thought that the, the children were slightly Asian. So I so it was only after watching it again I was like oh okay they are white because somebody said they were white and I hadn't watched it again I was like no aren't they kind of like Asian because she said she was born in Vietnam and stuff but then I watched it again and that's when it, it yeah, all no. yeah. made yeah. sense to me but you know what's funny I mean I was confused because they look like they could pass for white but they're not all the way white they do look like, like they, they got a little like, ethnicity cause he, cause to them right so the, the, the older boy definitely but even the little girl like there's something about her that i was like you look like yeah you i thought that one yeah i thought that, that one was you know, that can pass as a mm-hmm, white girl mm-hmm. that to me and if cal is dr manhattan that explains why they don't have children they don't have bi- biological, biological children, children. Why he could he could he could make he can replicate himself he can't replicate a little no because one of the stories of the comic was that uh, by having sex with Doctor Manhattan you opened yourself up to actually cancer right? be a cancer because he's well, paralyzed because his first his on. first partner dies of cancer right and but I I guess we never hear from Lori whether or not she got cancer or is dealing with that well I thought in the comic the the Ozymandias gave people cancer. No, I don't. Think yeah, like Doc, Dr. Manhattan didn't give them cancer. Like, like Ozzy. Oh, no, wasn't because remember plot. all of them were working for the company that ended up being owned by Ozymandias. I didn't think that that's how it played out for his first partner, though. I thought she no Jenny know. Slater. She worked for. Uh, I sit here long enough, I can tell you the name of the. It's like Pyramid something. Yeah, but I still thought it still played out that. They deduced that it was from. Mm-mm. They said Jenny Slater, Moloch, who was a supervillain, right? And then I forget the, the the doofus kid who was like his. It was like Wally something, his sidekick. Right. All three of them over the years come to find out they had worked for this subsidiary. Oh, so that was so owned by Ozymandias. So the implication was that he had given them cancer. Or you know, exposed. Right, but then he to... like blame it on Doctor Manhattan and right. caught a and, cause and that's what made Doctor Manhattan leave Earth. He's like, oh, I don't want to kill people, I'll leave. Right, oh, something okay. like that. Okay, all right. Yeah, so he set the ball up. See, now this is like you know just one of those earlier questions that got answered because I was wondering like, okay, so if this is a prison and he doesn't want to be here, Ozymandias, like, is he being detained by Doctor Manhattan? Like, did somebody pu- find out and is punishing him for the hoax? No, I think- yeah, nope, he got away with all that. Somebody else got him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We think yeah, it's no. Lady True. Lady yeah. True got him. Up Absolutely. There. That's what we think. I know, but that was just one of those earlier questions. Mm-hmm. Like as you know, as the episodes come, like certain things get answered, True. some things didn't. Yeah. Like um, I thought it was very interesting in the first episode when the cavalry member kills the cop. Uh, the cop has to ask for permission from dispatch that's, to release yeah. his gun. Yeah. And that's exactly what they want regular people to do. Lock up your gun. Keep your ammo somewhere else. By the time you get to it, you already dead because they didn't shot you in the head with six warning shots. Right. I thought that was like so like telling and like, yeah, see, that's why regular people don't lock their guns up. But you know, that was just how they started to build the world of like role yeah. reversals and you know, masks and who's good, who's bad. Another thing, uh, and blurring that line, why did Angela break into the cultural center? 
because she told Cal, like, you know, like, what, I'm unbalanced and I'm yeah. feeling emotional or something? Yeah. Like, I didn't understand that. Like, you couldn't just go there and holler at it next Look, time, tomorrow. Again. Like, I mean, th- unless she just needed to be in that courtyard that night for the car to drop so her and Lori could have that scene. For me, I think one of the most brilliant subversions that the show has done is the casting of Regina King as this character who as viewers she's so cool and it's Regina King and she's wearing this great costume and she's badass and everything that goes along with it but she breaks the law fairly regularly she destroys evidence she breaks into places she um yeah, when she called on that, like, like that tripped alarm. Uh, did y'all get right. that alarm yeah. at the uh, thing? Yeah. I'm here now. I'm going to go check it out. Right. But we go along with it because we love this character. But, again, isn't this the exact same thing that we critique when it's— So you're saying she a bad guy, but she just not recognized I'm as saying, such yet. I'm saying that, that, that we have our Dirty Harry. Like for years, the, the the right wing, and and you see these people, and they have like the Punisher stickers on their cars, and all the stuff that, as as you know, a good progressive, I won't put that on everybody else in here, but as a good progressive and a good liberal, I roll my eyes and say you you can't you can't glorify this kind of violence, and you can't do all this. A character like Lady Knight, Sister Knight, does the same thing. But because she's this beautiful, wonderful black woman, we kind of let cool it, sl- it. Like, you're right. We just let it slide. It's just Re- G- Regina King doing Regina King stuff. But, yeah, she's breaking the law all the time, beating up people, destroying evidence. So we ain't see her beat nobody up. That was alleged. <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Well, we saw her put throw the dude in the trunk. (laughs) We saw her take him out the trunk. (laughs) We don't know for a fact that she put him. He could have put himself in the trunk. He could have put himself in the trunk. Maybe he liked to ride this. Maybe he's sensitive to sunlight. Maybe he was shy without a mask. We don't know. Why do you hate the police? Yes, man. Sister Knight's life matters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, I found it. So I forget what we were looking for. Uh, the, the pregnant woman. In- right, oh, right, right. She says, I think you remember me and my country. I think you remember us as Get long camera, as you live. Dante. You see it? There? And Lady True says something similar to this in the last episode. Mm-hmm. And who did she say it to? Who did she say it to? Now that I forget. She said it to um to her daughter. I think is is it her daughter? Yeah, it was to her daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that was like right after she had the nightmare. Right after. She yeah, because I remember she had the nightmare. She was telling her about it. She said, "My feet still hurt. Will you walk me back to my room?" She said, "No." But then I don't remember her dropping a pearl of wisdom or something. Or I think I think you'll remember Vietnam very well or whatever. Yeah, I think that's that's it's it's somewhere right there in that in that sequence where she says it. Yeah, I kind of remember that. Right, and then there's the image. The last image is Doctor Manhattan looking thoughtful at the body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess some people are theorizing he's going to save the baby because you don't know, right? You don't know, and that would be an, an, another way of kind of like 
getting the comedian into this series because you know comedian's dead. Right. You know, except by way of Laurie now taking his last name. Right. How about that? And apparently her her alias was the comedian. Her alias. Yeah, uh, when you look in the PD PDpedia. The Pedipedia, mm-hmm. and it talks about her career because because apparently her and Night Owl end up getting arrested. They beca- got busted because they prevented the Oklahoma City bombings. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, right. And it was Night Owl, and she had changed her name from Silk Spectre to the Comedian, taking on his persona, taking on his persona. And then she took the deal. And then she took the deal. And but part of the deal was, she says. Basically, let me go, or I'm because I know what really happened on eleven too. Mm-hmm. See now, you know what? See now to uh, to um, <clears throat> Ariel's point. When you know that, know about how she kind of like really um, takes on her father's role and kind of like his whole like mythos and everything. That kind of explains how. The Silk Spectre from 1985 be- becomes this hardened FBI right detective agent. Blake. Yeah, that kind of like fills in that, that that gap. You know, you see where the the switch came. All right, cool. Oh, this is a good show. Yeah, but that's also why uh, Keen dangled her uh, her owl in front of her. Like, once I'm president, you know, I can pardon whoever I want for nothing. So you know, may be able to set your little owl free. See, I never liked him. He is a cat. <laughs> he is a so he de- deserved to be in jail then? Oh, no, no, not the uh, night owl. The senator. Oh, senator King. Oh, the senator. Okay. I didn't like the senator because he always had that cheese in eating grin. Like, like, from the moment you saw him, I was like, yeah, you don't look, he don't look trustworthy. He's definitely suspect. Yeah, you know what I mean? He always, uh, almost like, you know, had that Kennedy Look, JFK look about you like like or like John Edwards John Edwards yeah that's really a good more one. John Edwards John yeah. Edwards is a good one like you know like like just trying too hard to to look like Mr. Clean like yeah you know you dirty dog okay now since he sent Lori in to find to uh, investigate Judd's death does he really want to know who killed him yeah, because he remember he asked the looking glass. He's like, yeah, that's why we need Sister Knight out of the way so we can find out who killed Judd. No, no, no. He wants Sister Knight out the way so she doesn't gum up whatever he's planning with oh, Seventh right, Calvary. Yeah. Right. But he said still... uh, King, uh, whatever. Blake already suspects her. Help her along, or whatever you right. got to do, or I'll just have them go in there and kill her whole family. But I still whatever think you want to do, they want to know who killed Judd as well too. No, I don't think so. I think he. I think he sent her in there. Basically, to finish the frame job on Angela. But does he need them to frame Angela? Because if they just go on blaming the Seventh Calvary, oh, because he needed a fall guy, mm-hmm. right? Okay, got you. All right, y'all can go ahead. That's my question. <laughs> <laughs> They're leading the show. No, no, no. I, I think part of the reason I don't like Senator King. And, and and obviously we're only five episodes in. It seems like a show where well, each, we're halfway there, so right. I think we got a good. We got enough to judge them on. Right. We can hang. Each character is so morally ambiguous to a certain degree. He really does seem like he's just one hundred percent evil, 
which is kind of disappointing in a show like this. Mm-hmm. Which is why I'm hoping that they add some more nuance to him. Well, I mean, is he just evil? Is he a politician? Because it seems like he does not care about this organization. However, if I can use them to my own ends, well, then I'll do that and maybe I'll keep the killing down some. Because he, you know I mean? he does call them like redneck bumpkin Okies races or, something, or whatever. something like that. You know what I mean? So, so like, he, it's not like he respects them, at least not the way he's talking to uh, Looking Glass. It doesn't sound that way. So it looks like he's using them as a means to an end or right. whatever. And so, the other thing you got to recognize is that he also, like them, is getting the truth out there. Right. You know? But is he? He's not sitting here burnt, sending out copies of his tape or, you know, putting that thing on YouTube. He's, you know... Keeping it in his organization or, you know, his sect of the organization or maybe throughout the other white nationalists or 7K organizations throughout other cities. He's not spreading the word. He's not getting it out there for real. He wants to stage another teleportation event or something. So we don't really know what he's after. We just know, like, you know, he wants a fall guy and he wants Angela out the way because she could be problematic. Because apparently she's the smartest detective they got. I just want to give um Quick shout, you know, we've been repping for Regina King hard on here and, and, you know, deservedly so. But let's give a shout out to the other actors in this um, show. Uh, Don Johnson, who has played Judd, the chief of the uh, Tulsa police. Um, Tim Blake Nelson is looking glass. Yaya Abdul-Mateen, we mentioned, is uh, Cal. Uh, Andrew Howard plays the Red Scare, the, the Russian guy with the red mask. Um, let's see. Uh, Pirate Jenny? Well, yeah, there's uh, Pirate Jenny. I, uh, I haven't gone to her yet. Uh, Pirate Jenny is um, Jessica Camacho. I, feel, I love her. I feel like aesthetic. we need more right? Pirate Jenny. I love her. I said, I said, what is going on with her mask? She's like Rihanna, except like as a cop. Like, so she gives me Rihanna vibes. I love it. We also have... Um, uh, Tom Meissen and Sarah Vickers, they play uh, Mr. Phillips and Miss Crawshank, the, the clones. clones. Um, of course, we gave shout out to uh, Jeremy Irons as Andrew, uh, Adrian Veet. Um, you have Louis Gossett Jr., who's playing Will Reeves. Gene Smart plays Lori Blake. And Hong Chow is Lady True. And uh, and let's see, Dustin Ingram is that's Petey. That's it. you gotta give some love to Petey. And let's show a little love to Jacob Ming Trent, who plays Panda. Oh. Yes. <laughs> but wait, all right, so I have a question, and maybe this is in the larger story, maybe it doesn't matter. Where do you what do you think happened to the baby? Like, so in the beginning, when they survive, like, the crash. And That's the question, up, isn't picks it? Except the little girl. Like, where is, I mean, he's old, so it's possible she she died. But do you think she plays a part in this bigger story? I've just been wondering about her because they they make it a point that she survives and he takes her. Right. But then we don't hear anything else about her. We may get that this this episode because, remember, Angela's tripping off the pills, the memory pills. The memory pills. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we're going to see her relive a lot of his life. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. So that that may be answered. This is also the episode where I th- I think if they're going to drop the shoe, they're going to drop it, that he was hanged justice. 
Hooded justice. Really? And then so I you should. think he really did kill the police chief? I think he might have. Well, remember, he got up and walked. I mean, and, yeah. he, and he did ask, what did he say? Can I lift the 200 pounds up? over my head? Yeah. yeah. And she's like, what? Oh, man, shut up, fool. <laughs> yeah, and him getting up and walk is a, a, another kind of like sign of like, oh. There's more to him. Than, yeah. That yeah. meets the eye. Yeah. And you, you cast Lewis Gossett Jr. You cast Lewis Gossett Jr., you're going to give him something. Right, you're going to use him. Yeah. Yeah. Shoot. All right. So then, what could Lady True and Seventh Calvary and Pop Pop Justice be planning, knowing full well that he's been talking to Angela, dropping her clues, giving her pills, but Lady True doesn't think that would you know, derail the plan because she just seemed okay with everything he was doing. So what could they be doing that they want to keep her out of, but apparently he's bringing her in a little bit and apparently bringing Lori into it too that won't derail what they're trying to do? Well, I, I mean, maybe with Angela, now that she has the pills, maybe he knows that when she sees what he's seen, she'll, she won't, she'll be a help as opposed to a hindrance right. maybe. I, now, as far as Lori, I don't know. They may be revealing the truth about Dr. Manhattan. Who? Like? That he is Cal. In this next episode? Well, that, I mean, but that might be their... Oh, end game. Their end game. Okay. Be, that would at least... Because that is the connection, the possible connection between Lori and Angela. Um, Their connection is like the law. They're both... But I'm <laughs> just saying, as far as them trying to play both of them. I don't know. I think that's a well, random. I think that's know. a. I think that's you a. Asked I, that's a random I gave pool. you an answer. I know it's a bad one though. I think <laughs> that's a bad pull. Like you, you, you can't sit there and oh, just pull Doctor Manhattan. I'm not out of Mark. You can't pull it out of Uranus. I did and just pull sit it out there of and say like we just sat here and gave a, a, a very convincing theory about how Cal could be Doctor Manhattan, and you asked. I didn't say it was convincing. I heard you out. <laughs> And then a slow turn. <laughs> a slow turn away. Wow. I don't think, yeah, because, like, I mean, I, and I do hear people saying, like, Dr. Manhattan's definitely coming. But I don't know. Yeah. I think that'll be, like, are they doing that to reveal him to the world or, like, just to Angela? No, I mean, to the, I think to the world. I, I don't know if Cal, the, the way you do that. Like, if anything, you make an entrance through a millennium clock or whatever her big clock is supposed to be or going to be or something like that. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I, I just don't think it's that. Then what but do you you're, think you're it is? entitled to your What do you opinion. think it is? What uh as far as uh the connection? Uh well outside of like the law, uh they both want to get down to the truth. No, what do you think their end game is? That's what that was your question. For a true will in the seventh cavalry? Yes. All right, well, my question was as it pertains to Angela, because it doesn't seem like uh True has a uh, issue uh I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you, you want me to say something that don't contain Dr. Manhattan? I have no idea. It's something, though. Like, because I, I didn't even know if they were planning the same thing until last episode. But then when you saw the true technology box in the back of the lettuce truck, you're like, all right, she definitely supplying them. That's not one employee that took something from work and put together a CX-924 teleportation device in a gym. So yeah, she's funding. She's funding all that. She's behind them, and again, like oh, I don't know, because she's Vietnamese, and I don't know if Vietnamese feel the same way about racist organizations as Black people would. But I guess she could be funneling, you know, funding them regardless. 
But I don't know. I just think that's real random for Dr. Manhattan to be like, all right, yeah, I'm your husband. We've lived this life for however long since Vietnam and since an accident. I, I didn't know Dr. Manhattan could have accidents or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or, But whatever. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I, I think you were naming the actors and actresses just now. It's, it's worth noting that this is a show with three actresses over the age of 40 mm. who are basically the leads. Yeah. Regina King. Um <clears throat> Gene Smart. Gene Smart. Gene Smart and Hong Chow. Yeah. And they are fully realized, sexualized women. Like, these are not crones. Mm-hmm. These are not, you know, women sitting in the kitchen, uh, you know, dispensing advice. Well, we don't know how sexualized True is. She makes people. She don't make people the old-fashioned way. I mean, she's good looking. I guess. Yeah, I yeah. didn't look at her like that. She's like, she wears, she wears so. a little white joint. <laughs> you know, and she's very personable. She definitely know how to how to close a deal. I was about to I'll say. I'll put it that she knows how to close a deal. Yeah, she needs you to know. She'll book. knock your door at midnight and give you three minutes, and you'll still feel like you won. She'll kill a baby and then say she was just kidding. True story. Yeah, you can't trust her. I want to know what she found when she got off the sky. I want to know what that was. Was that another message from Veep? Oh, and, and why why Jupiter's moon? Like Jupiter. So wild. I don't know. No, he's on the moon of Titan. He's on next to Saturn. So he's on Titan. Yeah, yeah same thing, whatever. No. <laughs> oh, Saturn's the one with the rings, right? Yeah, yeah but it has moons. All right, that wasn't Saturn. That was Jupiter. No, There's the stripes, not rings. Dog, I had this conversation because I told people I should recognize this planet. And then it's like, you don't know what planet that is? I didn't Google it and everything. Saturn is the one with the rings. Jupiter has the stripes. He was on the, I was outside it. I Jupiter. I thought it had rings on there. No, it was the stripes. It was the stripes. It was the one with the, the dark spot. Right. The, man, I'm like, I should know this planet. Like, I was, it was a whole thing. <laughs> so, yeah. I've, uh, Dante, I've learned from doing Throne of Tribbles with the man that if there is back matter, that I just, Eric, what is it? Because I'm not, I'm not questioning Eric. Yeah, I do my research. <laughs> all right, uh, what other questions are there? Because there's, uh, who say the all right, so look, thing? right? All right, so Looking Glass finds out the truth. Yes. You put him on. His whole world crumbles, right? He don't know what to do with himself. He don't know which way is up. He didn't gave up Angela. He gave up Angela. Now, I feel like he did feel like that was the best way that to, was right, save, to her. save her family. Yeah. yeah. But I still feel like I wish he would have had a conversation with her and told her what was going to happen. And like, yo, Keen is the 7th Calvary. He want me to get you out the way. If I don't, he's going to kill you and all everybody. You, Cal, all the babies, blah, blah, blah. But at that point, he don't know what to trust. But he still believe in the king at least that much or that no, far. No, true. But I mean, like, he don't even know, like, where to trust, where to take her to have the conversation and all this other work. And he doesn't because his new alarm system comes. He throws it away. But then he goes back and pulls it in. That's right. Now, does he pull it in because he's worried about the attack that they're planning or what they're going to do? Because he theorized that they were going to drop another squid and they said no. Right. So, you know, he still held on to it. So you want to believe, but your paranoia is not all the way gone yet. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, where does that leave him? Because he's clearly in a transitional space. And is he sleeping in the bunker again or is he in the house? Because they about to come tighten him up, too. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So they, they, they coming for him. So I, I that don't look good for him. I think he's trying to cope. You know, again, I, I thought for a television show with people dressed up in outfits and a giant telepathic squid, it it handles PTSD and trauma really well. So I, th- I like I love the fact 
that him watching the videos didn't automatically, quote unquote, cure him. Yeah. Like, I love that he came back and got that alarm out the trash because what else is he going to do? Right. Like, just you don't be just, cool from now on. Yeah, right. Not right. You don't bounce back from and this. And be like, yeah, it's been like two thirds of his life. Yeah. So it's been 30 years ago. So he's at least, he was probably a kid at that time. So 15. So yeah, right. this has been like two thirds of your life that you've been afraid of this phenomenon every day. Like, that doesn't just go away. I appreciate the use of careless whispers throughout the episode. I did too. I, that I, was nice. Yeah. And the different ways they played it. Yeah, they definitely they slowed it down after mm-hmm. he got up after the crash and stuff. Yeah. I, I did peep that. <sighs> so many layers. All right. So. We well, should read the graphic novel, Eric. You going to do it? No. Why would I do that? <laughs> he's like, I, he's like, I watched the YouTube summary. Yeah, there you they go. Because it's fantastic. And because you love Watchmen. Good, but I didn't like the movie, so well, I, I mean, yeah, and I know I don't like comics. You know, yeah, for sure. Yeah, have you read all the comics? Every last one. Every comic, you <laughs> like, like not a not one. Yeah. All right. You ain't read Richie Rich. For what? <laughs> Richie Rich. Richie Rich don't have nothing I'm interested in. All right. He died you... and became Casper. He did not. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good theory. They made it over his dead body. It's a good theory. It is not. I, I, it's not true. It's not true. <laughs> he doesn't want it. I know. Glenn is like in his feelings. That's his he can't accept that Casper is Richie Rich? He's not. Why not? Because he's disembodied? Because it's not so. Just because saying it's not so doesn't make They're it not friends. so, They're friends. That's why. They're friends? Yes, they it's are the friends. They've, they've appeared in comic books together. Okay. That doesn't okay. mean anything. It means that he's not him. He, uh, Casper's not a time traveler. Too. I know. He's a crazy ghost. <laughs> like Dr. Exactly. People do it all the time, apparently. <laughs> and then they marry uh, Sister Knight. Maybe the day and they Vietnam. spent together somehow, it was Halloween, and so he was able to create a corporeal version of himself. That's how you know Kyle ain't, doc- ain't Dr. Manhattan. How many times did they have sex? Angela ain't got no cancer. She's chilling. Well, I don't think the Dr. Manhattan sex led to cancer. That was but, part but, of the but plot. But that was the plot to get him to leave. Right. So that right. he wouldn't, I guess, be there when uh, Voight did what he did. Right. And we know that John can have sex. <laughs> Ooh, yes, he can he make does. multiple people who can also have sex while he works in the lab. Yes. Also true. Yes. But wait, so what? what do we, why do we think he can look like a person then? Oh, because we, think, pulling we, it out because of we his... think Cal is the one who did that. But when he, in the book, once he becomes Dr. Manhattan, he never looks human. No, he never no, looks never human. And he wears less and less clothing because yeah, he's you know, so detached from what? Right, he's so detached from everything. Yeah, because by the end, he just got his, he out. Yeah, blue balls for what? Turn up. Quite literally. It's blue actually balls. quite disappointing. <laughs> At no point in here does anyone use the term blue balls. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and it's so appropriate. Well, that's how you know it was written by a Brit. That's how you know it was written by a Brit. So classy. Because an American. Oh, yeah. every other page. Every other. Hey, yo, Blue Balls. Hey, Blue Balls. <laughs> What's going on over there, Blue Balls? And then say lube up. A lube up, Blue Balls. <laughs> <laughs> lube up. <laughs> All right, so <coughs> when do we think Lube Man is coming back? Oh, my God. Episode six? <laughs> episode seven? 
God. Right. Are we going to see him lube out of a sewer? 15 like, minutes. Mystery of Lube Man. <laughs> I couldn't wait 15 minutes. I don't know, but he's the character find of 2019. <laughs> he's the sensational character find of 2019. The sensational lube man. The sensational oh. lube sensational man. Sensational lube man. That is a comic series that will write itself. Will you read that one? Maybe. <laughs> it it depends it depend where he go once he lubed up. Because oh, once you lubed up, I mean, anything can happen. So I'm interested. I'm you intrigued. Know, it it kind of goes without saying, I don't know if we spelled it out, that this is not a world with mass policemen. This is uh, um, a pilot program in this one town yep. or this one city. And I, I, I like that they did that. Like, I like that they said this is unorthodox. This is not something that everybody else is doing. We're just trying to work it out ourselves. And we've seen, at least in the case of, of Sister Knight and Looking Glass, that these costumes reflect <laughs> something much deeper going on with them. Which, appropriately enough, I think goes back to the graphic novel. Like, so much of Watchmen is what type of person puts on these outfits like what does this say about your head that you put on these outfits and you see that running throughout this show even with our beloved sister night now was it voted on by like the police force or by like the populace in the city i get the I, I would sense have to imagine it would be the police yeah. we have to but then he called it dopa i guess it's the name of the program right so is that like a national law kind of a thing because once you have a name and it's a title or an act or something isn't it like law i got the sense it was just in tulsa so it's like a locality kind yeah. of a thing again it's this pilot program that senator keen wants to spread to other places okay so this is like the the top the test for it right Okay. Now, that was also a trade-off. They had to give up their guns. Because I thought that was interesting, too. The cops can't carry guns. And it's because they wear masks now, right? Was Are those two related? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Because I thought that was, like, the reason why. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Like, all right, well, if you wear a mask, you can't carry a gun. Because they had to get, like, special permission for, like, 24 hours for the release of, of guns, guns. and whatever. Right. Um, so I definitely thought that was interesting. Like, you know, so they're masks, but you had you took their guns away. Right. Or their guns were taken away and then the masks or whatever, however you uh, frame it. Um, but and, and, and I thought specifically the reason they're trying out the program is because they couldn't get any new recruits for the police because no one wanted to... Get white knighted. Be, yeah, get white knighted. So it's like, so what if we don't do this, we will not have a police force, and then there's anarchy, Lot right? Because you're kind of giving power to over to the um, the Rorschach people. So let's tell people that that will hide their their identity, but more importantly, they get to play dress up. Like you get to be a superhero, which I think is the subtext of what of everybody would have poli- of Right, right. And you can aspire to be a detective and then individualize it and, you know, put your own little spin on it. Which then goes back to here's something. They talk about the Keen Act in the comic and then it's Senator Keen. And they've not addressed any connection or or if if there isn't one at all. There is a connection. I think he's his son. son. son, yeah. 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 It's his son. Yeah. When yeah, did they the actually Keenex say outlawed that? vigilanteism, right? Right. Mm-hmm. They do. Did they say that? I miss that. I think it was like, like maybe third episode. I want to say. When the one with because the third episode is where he's introduced. Yeah. And I think they they said. Uh, yeah, I think he references it. 
like um, when he's sitting there with Lori. My father, Senator King. Right. Okay. All right. This wouldn't bother me the whole time. Like, are they not going to mention the Keen Act? Yes, well, they do. I'm just reading some of the reviews of this show. Watchmen has received widespread critical acclaim. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, the series has a 96% certified fresh rating based on 88 reviews. The website's critical consensus reads, Bold and bristling Watchmen isn't always easy viewing. But by adding new layers of cultural context and a host of complex characters, it expertly builds on its source material to create an impressive identity of its own. Um, There is a bit of controversy in regards to the Rorschach character. The Daily Beast identified that many of the reviews were dissatisfied with how the show treated the original graphic novel, especially the impact that Rorschach had on the television series narrative. Um, Alan Moore, the creator, had written Rorschach to be an extreme interpretation of characters such as the question, which uh, Steve Ditko, who created the the question, had used to promote objectism. Objectivism. From which Moore... Objectivism? Thank you. I don't know why I couldn't say it. From which Moore made Rorschach a right-wing character based on that philosophy. While many have agreed that the te- with the television series' use of Rorschach as an element in right, right-wing politics and white supremacy groups, fans have spoken out that the show does not respect Rorschach as a hero and have called the series a near-utopia of today's woke left, among other comments. Was that supposed to be like a dig at it then? Yeah, I think they're kind of maybe taking a little bit of a... The nerd tears are delicious. <laughs> yes, they are. And plentiful. So because Rorschach, or because this world knows nothing of Rorschach or who he was outside of the 7th Calvary, they think it is a disservice. Yeah, they think that maybe not they're trashing on his role as a hero. Well, drop two tears in a bucket. And he was, he was gross in Watchmen. Like this whole no, like he's gross throughout the the like. There's something wrong with him throughout Watchmen. Right. As a matter of fact, Alan Moore, the original Watchmen creator, said of Rorschach, "I wanted to kind of make this like, uh, yeah, this is what Batman would be in the real world, but I have forgotten that actually, to a lot of comic fans, that." Being smelly, not having a girlfriend, these are actually kind of heroic traits. So actually, sort of, uh, Rorschach became the most popular character in Watchmen. I meant him to be a bad example, but now I have people come up to me in the street saying, I am Rorschach. That is is my story. And I'll be thinking, yeah, great. Can you just keep away from me and never come anywhere near me again for as long as I live? That's according to Alan Moore. Oh, okay. So it's not his fault people are identifying with him, but he was supposed to be, quote, unquote, a loser. Hey, right. And then yeah. people were like, oh, hey, I identify. He's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that, that's not your fault. You just, no, it's you not. Used to, you used to be a nice character. But, yeah, it seems like, you know, he's kind of been, I don't want to say denigrated to this, but, you know, it doesn't seem like a far cry. And um, he sent his book to what you said, a right wing publication. Yep. Yeah. Inside oh, yeah. the thing. And I almost forgot about that correlation. I think that's why it did get picked up by the supremacists. But wait, because I remember him dropping it off at like the newspaper, but I don't remember 
anything in the text letting you know that that was a right like wing conservative newspaper the the one of the issues has the the spirit of 77 issue that they had where justice sometimes has to be hooded uh-huh. and there's a whole article in there where it's just these amazing caricatures of jewish people and black people and yeah, it's it's in here. It's been, I mean, it's, yeah, it's I in mean, here. It's been many, many years since I read the graphic novel. I try to do it once a year. Oh, really? Yeah, I try to do it once a year because I, you know, it's just it really is good. Eric. It is think, one of those books I, I read like every couple of years. It. Now, the the funny thing is, I read it every couple of years. I have never, ever read the back matter. I don't, I, and I don't, I've not missed it. You gotta read the back, man. Like you gotta actually read it. But I I, I have yet to miss it, so no. Well, then you you've missed like half of the story. But I've enjoyed it all the same. Now we're getting a Michelle mission moment. Brought to you by (laughs) Black Triples. I try and work with y'all. You gotta read the whole thing. Like he wrote the whole thing. I don't really need to. I feel I feel fine with what I've read. You you take your uh, conversation with Eric, who has not read anything. I've read the book. I've read the pictures, at least. He won't even read the pictures. Yeah, that flip book will not enhance my experience. I'm sorry. <laughs> he called it a flip book. He's the one denigrating it. It is what it is. It's a book. You flip through it. <laughs> well, we can all agree that the show's great. Yes. The show is great. And it, it amazingly only has three more episodes. I know. No, I guess like four. Four. four I think four episodes. Six, six through nine. That's upsetting. Yeah. It. You know what? What is upsetting is that I have a feeling that despite Damon Lindelof saying that he pretty much has written this story and as far as he's concerned it being one and done, I have a feeling that HBO will almost demand a sequel. Yeah. Now, Damon Lindelof has said that if there was to be a sequel, he wouldn't mind if someone else wanted to come and play in whatever world he set up. But he doesn't feel like he would be moved to, like, return there. Right. And do another story. Right. I would be happy if this is just one. I was about to say, he he definitely has a plan and a vision. Yeah. So it's a complete story. I mean, if they did a sequel, I I would like to see what happened in New York because they said, like, nobody wants to go back to New York. Like, right. Nobody wants to be there at all. So it'd be kind of like nice to see like what New York looks like after all that's happened. Yeah, but I don't need a sequel to do that. You could do that in just a scene. Like I don't need I don't need like a whole series based on that. Me, me myself. You know the bad thing is Alan Moore has famously railed against the exploitation of Watchmen and and everything. I feel like he'd like the show. Yeah, like if someone actually chained him to a chair and made him watch it, I think he'd like it. Lindoff reached out to him, but uh, yeah, oh yeah, he rebuffed, and that's why it is the the show credits the original series, the comic book series, only to the artist Dave Gibbons. Alan Moore does not want his name on any type of adaptation of The Watchmen at all. Wow. Yeah. 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 All right. Well. It's 1058, ladies and gentlemen. We got to get out of here. Vince. Yes. Thank you so much for coming in. Oh, please. My pleasure. This is home. It's always a pleasure. If people want to, what, don't you do another podcast or something? I do a little podcast called The Michelle Mission. Two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. 
with my partner, you. <laughs> Picture that. Um, yeah, it's a cool podcast I've heard. That's, I enjoy it. That's the side. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, you know, matter of fact, we're overdue getting getting Eric in yeah. talk, talk movies. Eric, if you came on, I'm gonna put you on the spot real quick in 30 seconds. If you came on the show mission, what black film would you want to reveal? Uh, I don't know. I had to find a movie. Uh, let me think. You don't watch movies either. I love movies. I watch <laughs> movies all the time. I'm, I'm. I had to pick a movie that they haven't done, um, and one that uh, that like speaks to me. I don't, I don't know, man. I gotta think. I, don't, I have no idea off the top of my head. All right, all right. That's cool. Well, so. Look forward to an episode of Michelle Mission where we review Baby Got Back. Uh, Nate. <laughs> Pooty Call was a quality film. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you, brother, for coming in. Hope you had a good time. I did. Cool. All right. This show will be available come the morning, ladies and gentlemen, on BlackTrolls.com and any place and every place that podcasts be, including iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher Radio. Stitcher Radio. Don't forget to like and follow us um, on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating and a review that really contributes to our Patreon, patreon.com slash BlackTribbles, where you can hear the Patreon-exclusive podcast, Greeting from the Bat Base, where I am reviewing Batwoman uh, on the CW. I also gave you the inside scoop on the Spider Tribbles story. There's a whole lot of fun going on on there. For all the Tribbles in here and all the Tribbles out there, this is a Bat Tribble and parting we say. Hailing frequencies closed, Captain. Blackout!